Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm going to be talking about The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. So let's remember the magic of books. So first off, I just want to say this was an incredible book. So exciting. I was, I, I knew a little bit of the premise, obviously, and this is not a spoiler. I mean, yeah, I guess it is a spoiler, so I won't say it, but I knew a little bit about it going in, but it still was very impactful, and I think V.E. Schwab did an uh, amazing job writing this story the way it goes there was so much to unpack and to, to read about and the emotions that she was able to put forth on this page it was just amazing and there were some scenes that were so heartbreaking and they were just minor scenes and there were some scenes that were big and they were heartbreaking as well i feel like you know, we're gonna spoil a little bit here she goes on dates obviously and i feel like when she's actually going on these dates that B.E. Schwab was able to evoke the city so well and kind of the, not the, not the weird in a bad way, but just like the different, the unusual, you know, it's not, oh yeah, we're just going to go here, go see a movie. Yeah. I mean, maybe they do that, but like, we're going to go to this art party where you step in puddles and it creates ripples. And then you go to this other room where you like paint on the walls and that, that kind of a feeling. And it was, it was nice and it was, it was really fun to read and just very evocative. To talk about characters for a little bit, we get some really good characters. Obviously, we have our main character, Addie LaRue. She's our main one. We have some other characters. There are no characters that I can say felt incredibly flat to me. There is a little bit where you could think, oh, maybe they are flat because of the repetition that's involved with, with you know, involving her curse. But that is not me trying to say that the characters are flat, but more that the situation of the world and the story has created characters that can appear flat because we see them always at stage one. You know, we always see them at the initial meeting and we can't really move past that except for a couple couple certain people. And that is, it's an interesting way to go about a book, right? Where you're always writing introductions. I really like the the chapter headings in this book and we can talk about those more in, in the spoilers. I thought that was a nice thing. It was kind of interesting to see and I was wondering who was kind of putting what together and how it was going to work at the end, like if we were going to get that revealed to us, and we do. So I thought that was really nice. Her writing, it was interesting. She, I liked the back and forth play between um, Addie in the past, Addie in the now, and then Addie in the past and Addie in the now, and Henry in the past and Henry in the now. And I liked that this, it was never like, okay, I did this, now I'm going to see this. It kind of kept me guessing just a little bit who was, was going to be next. And it helped me keep the context of what was kind of happening because the dates were important, but not so important that I had to be like taking notes and be like, okay, this happened exactly this day. This happened here. I just had to kind of know the years and be like, okay, it's this year. It's most likely this person's point of view. And then I could say, you know, read and say, okay, yep, I was right. Or no, I wasn't, but it's this person's. And that's also important. So I think the writing she did really good on, I had a really engaging time just because of the way her emotions were played out on the scene between her family, between her friends, just between herself and between, uh, you know, our antagonist. So I just, I had an incredibly difficult time to put this book down. I started it and I read it and I read it and then I finished it and it was so good. I really, really enjoyed this book. I felt like everything was really, you know, nice and consistent. I never felt like, oh, that's way out of left field. Where did that come from? Where did this come from? Right? I mean, we're just going to go into spoilers now. You know, this is basically about a fairy deal where somebody wants to be free, Addie LaRue wants to be free, 
and she's given that, but at the cost of her soul, right? So she can live forever, but nobody will ever remember her. And she'll be unable to make a mark, which translates into you can't write, you can't say your name, you can't, anything you touch or break will unbreak unless somebody else touches it and messes it up. It's it's quite interesting and well thought out, and I really like that. It was really engaging just like how she figures out how she can get around her curse and what she can do and what she can't do. And it was nice to see played out, right? That it really affected the story, what she can do, what she can't do. She can't directly write the music for somebody, but she can practice it, kind of come up with it herself, and then she can play it for somebody. They can hear it. They'll forget kind of where they hear it from. But if she pushes it enough and she works on it a lot, then she can help them kind of remember it and create it on their own. Same with art. They, you know, People can paint her in as long as it's not too detailed, then it passes on. She is truly like a muse, right? And that was was well done, I thought. Now, like there were so many heartbreaking scenes at the beginning, like right after she makes her deal and she goes back to her mom and her dad and, you know, she's just ran away from the wedding and it's been about a day. And they're like, who are you? We don't have a daughter. And it's like, everything has changed. It's not just that like, oh yeah, she ran away and she's gone and now nobody can ever remember her when they meet her now. But like, she's been wiped out of existence. Her best friend doesn't remember her anymore. Nobody knows her. She is basically like anytime somebody passes through a threshold or like takes their eyes off of her or like is not in the same kind of area as her for a minute, they forget her completely. And we see it play out just multiple times where it's like, oh, yeah, you're safe. I I will take care of you. You'll be fine. And especially in the beginning when she doesn't know what's going on. They leave for five seconds. They come back. Who are you? How'd you get in my house? Like, oh, I could I just feel my heart breaking for her at the beginning where it's like, yeah, I don't blame you. You don't want to be married to this guy. Like, you don't know him. You don't love him. You don't want this. But like, you're kind of being forced to. So you run away, made an accident. But now, you know, she goes to Paris. She meets some guys. She has to sell herself. Like, that is just, it was so heartbreaking for me. Like, I wish I could fix it. But obviously I can't because it's a book. And then the way she's able to move past that and she's able to grow and to be like, okay, well, if this is what I can do, I'm going to be amused. Her stubbornness, I am not going to give in. I'm going to make you give in and you're going to change the curse for me. And I love seeing the darkness or Luke as he likes to go by for her, you know, because he's taken her artistic renditions basically and made it real. And, you know, I love that she realizes immediately after she says, take, you know, don't look like that. Then she's like, well, he's going to look like that forever now because he wants to you know, he wants me to give up my soul. But the evolution of their relationship, where they're very antagonistic towards each other. Hey, are you going to surrender? No, I'm not going to surrender. Like, okay, well, I'll see you next year. And then gradually he's like, okay, well, let me take you here. Let me do this with you. Like, you know, you see that the darkness is like, hey, it's nice having somebody around with me. And at the same time, she's like, well, he's not that bad. And then, you know, but he really is. He's just, he's, you know, it's a fey deal, basically. And that's, they're meant to trick you. They're meant to, to torment you and make you hard. And we see him reaping some souls and that some of them are really violent and rough and some of them are really sweet and gentle. Well, there's only one of each, but you get my point. And then eventually Addie meets Henry and Henry can remember her. And we find out that it's because, and she was blown away, of course. And I knew he, I was a little bit too. And I was, I was worried the whole time. I was like, okay, is this just Luke kind of being silly and like pretending to be this kid so that he can get her except he's in the sunlight. So that can't be right. But like, what is going on? I was waiting for this uh, bigger twist, and it never came, and it was fine. Like That's an expectation that I set, not that the book set, that it was going to be a twist. And there is a twist, right, where he is, he's dying, basically. He only, he only bargained for a year to live, which is lucky for him. I mean, 
I say it's lucky for him, but I mean his curse, which is he wanted to be loved to be enough for people. So anytime anybody sees him, they see a non-real version of him that is whatever they are wanting him to be. And so he is perfect for everyone, you know, perfect with the quotations there. And so I could, I mean, if you can you imagine living with that? He talks about it, or V.E. Schwab writes about it from his point of view and how grating it is on him that like everybody wants him. And he's never like able to just kind of like be himself because he can see it in their eyes that they're not really seeing him. And that was like, wow, that is like, it's a, it's a, you could say it's like a hard hitting book with this stuff. Like in the background, it's just as like, you know, do people see you for what they want to see or do people see you for who you are? And, you know, everybody treats him a little differently and everybody loves him more. And, but he knows it's not real because of this deal. So, you know, lucky for him, I guess he only made it for a year. So he wouldn't have to live his whole life like that because, I mean, can you imagine trying to pick somebody up or like go out with somebody and like, you know, that they're not seeing the real you. They're just seeing this fake version and that you can do no wrong for them no matter what you do, right? Like that's a lot of power for somebody, but Henry's a good kid. So, you know, he's not abusing it, of course. And then they meet, they're able to remember, she's able to see him for what he is because she just wants somebody to remember her. And that's what she sees when she sees him. And he's able to remember her because I don't remember exactly how his part worked that he can remember her, but basically just their curses work together. And then it turns out that was like a gift from Luke that like, Luke's like, hey, you don't think I knew that you guys would like meet and get together? Like, I'm the darkness. I've been around the block more than once. And he's like, but I'm playing the long game. And I, it was so nice to see that like, he does care about her in his own way. Like he is a primal force darkness and like, you know, the power he has, but he, and in the beginning, yeah, he was, he was mean and cruel and he still is a little bit, but he's not cruel just because he's cruel because of who he is. If that makes sense. Like it never felt like he was like purposely just being like, I'm going to be, well, there are poor parts, but I think that's also just him trying to get the soul in the beginning. And then later on realizing like, Hey, I actually enjoy having somebody throughout the years to talk to that's not just wanting a deal and trying to beg me to save their life or give me this. And I, I love that one scene. They go to an opera or a play and they're talking and he's like, well, guess which one of them sold their soul to me, you know, for the ability to be such a good actor. And, you know, it's like, oh, several I didn't know and several I did. And like, it was so, it was interesting. And that was a funny part. Like it felt real and he takes her from place to place and she only can live by stealing because she can't, she can't get a job. She can't get a rent. You know, anything she holds for a certain period of time just disappears and falls out of her fingers, gets stolen or lost or destroyed. Like Luke did a really good job hammering that deal out to his benefit so that he can get her soul. But you know, he didn't count on her being so tough. Like I was talking about earlier with the repetition, you know, every time she meets somebody, they say the same thing. Every time Bia meets her, she's like, oh my gosh, your face looks so timeless. Every time. I mean, I was just like, this is getting almost getting grating for me. I can't imagine having lived through 300 years of it and like meeting the same people over and over and over again, but being able to find those people who care for you and help you and like, they'll help a stranger, which is what you'll be to them every time, right? So, and I love that, that uh, Addie becomes this, like I was talking about earlier, she becomes this muse figure. She's trying to inspire people to remember her or just to make music and make things better. And that was so nice. And then, at the end where she goes and she bargains with Luke and she's like, Luke, you know, change his deal so he can live just his life. And she goes to Henry and he's like, okay. But then she goes to Henry and she's like, I bargained it. You're going to live your life, you know, be happy, live a life. You're not under the curse anymore. Like you can do it. 
And but then she comes with Luke and she made sure her fairy deal was I'm not gonna she didn't say I'll be with you forever. I'll be with you as long as you want me, right? Which is the long game, and we don't know what's going on, but then we see that it is she is all for his destruction. Well, not destruction, because I don't think you can kill the darkness, but for the releasing of her. She's like, I'm going to annoy you so much. You are going to hate me, and you're going to not want me with you. And then, and if you do want me with you just because you want to spite me still, that it's going to suck to be you even more. Like, But we're going to be stuck together, you know? And I love that, that she's like still fighting back, and it was it was just invigorating. Let me see if I can find this section here. Okay, I found it. So it's at the very end. He has, you know, taken her journals and compiled them into the story that we're basically reading right now. And he's like, he wonders how her story ends, if it ends. He wrote a dozen different endings for the book. Ones where she was happy, ones where she was not. Ones where she and Luke were madly in love. And ones where he clung to her like a dragon with its treasure. But those endings all belong to him and not to her. Those are his story and this is hers. And anything he wrote beyond those last shared seconds, that final kiss, would be fiction. Just like, that's powerful. That's amazing. Like, yeah, he's... I love that it's just like, you know, we don't know what happened to her. He doesn't know. And anything he comes up with is just in his head. And it's just like, yeah, sometimes you need that little kind of smack to the face to say, like, you don't know what somebody's thinking. You don't know what somebody's doing. And that's all through this book, too, because they're always talking to each other. And they when they fight a little bit, which, of course, every couple fights a little bit, that's normal. Like, they're like, I, you need to tell me what you're thinking. And he's like, well, this is it. And this, you know, and then these revelations explain other parts. Just a really fun book, you guys. Very impressive, very emotional, very unique, especially in the way it was told in the story that it's telling. So that's going to wrap up my discussion for The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. Of course, if you have any questions or comments, please send those to libromancypod at gmail.com. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And remember to remember the magic of books. 